Marnie. Welcome to the Supernova podcast. It is absolutely amazing to connect with you and the phenomenal work you're doing. I was reading your bio and I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Hi, Lena. And hi, everybody. <laughs> it's fun to be here. I, I love the acronym that you put out there, the whole busy thing. And, and we'll, we'll get into that. But you're such a person after my own heart, like just going out there and just being the experience you want to be and showing up wherever the need needs to be. And it's so great to kind of connect with somebody who's been doing this for, for quite some time now and has built this amazing platform. Congratulations. Thank you. I always say when God put together your three billion base pair of DNA, he did it in a particular way because you are necessary to our lives right now. You are on earth right now for a reason, for a season, and we need you to be fully you. And I just go out every day being fully me, Elena. That's what you're doing. And that's what we're here to talk about. Exactly. It starts with being authentic. It starts it with being, because it's, it's so easy to get swept into being original, which is obviously tainted in some sense, or trying to emulate somebody else. And the real essence of what we all have to offer, whether you you call it your supernova or your higher self or whatever that is for you. That's where you're in an authentic expression of yourself. And that's why we're having this conversation. And I think it's I think it's the place where a lot of people are afraid to go live. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, it's yes. Actually, it's actually so important. It's important to me personally that you, the listener, that you, Lena, that you actually step into who you truly are and you become fully you, fully alive, fully engaged, fully performing for the sake of not only your own happiness and joy for your own future, but also for that of the entire human race. Absolutely. And I love what you said there with the fulliness and fullness of it, because yes, you're tapping into something so exponential, so vastly different from the life you've known in a comfort zone or a mediocre zone or a not so comfortable zone, however you want to call that thing that we, that we step into. And this is so immensely different, and yet it's the essence of who you are. It's actually not that different at all. It's actually easier when you're when you're on this platform than it was when you're like crawling around and shriveling up in the corner, don't you think? Right, absolutely. But there is this there is this fear factor that keeps us from being fully us. And I always like to use the illustration of when they were building the Golden Gate Bridge in California way back uh, many years ago. Uh, they actually men were falling to their death and they just were making very slow progress. They were way behind. They were, you know, they were just having trouble getting the bridge built because the guys were so scared <laughs> that they're going to fall and die. And so what happened is they invested at that time $50,000, which was an astronomical amount of money sure. at that time. And they invested in a, in a net, in a huge net that would go under the men while they worked so that if they fell, yeah, it'd be a long fall and it'd be a long climb back up, but they wouldn't die, you know, now, now at least they knew they wouldn't die. Well, what happened was as soon as they had this net in place, it's true, some men fell, but what's also true is that they finished their project ahead of schedule. Now, it's same project, same men, but there was one critical difference. They felt safe. And I think that that's where if you feel vulnerable, if you don't feel like you can fully be you, what's going to happen is you're going to just hold back. You're going to live small. You're going to protect, which isn't really protection, but 
uh, you're going to try to protect and you're going to hide and it's not going to be fully you. And so the key is to discover who you were meant to be and then to actually believe <laughs> by faith that that's who you're meant to be and have a, you know, have a safety net underneath you. And that safety net can take so many different forms, whether it's a support structure, whether it's working with a coach, whatever that is for you and most probably a collective of things. But it's, it's so important and, and the world, world changes when you, when you have that and you make that bang. And yeah. I mean, you're, you're somebody who'd really know. I mean, you've mentored, what's it, 14,000 leaders in 30 different countries? Yeah, it's so been this a, is somebody it's been we a... need to be listening to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and we, the, the beautiful thing is that we all experience the same emotions. Okay, our lives don't all look the same. So, for example, I've been through fires and floods and tornadoes and loss of uh, so much. We had burglaries and lightning strikes and sinking boat and car wrecks and head injury in the family, cancer in the family, sudden death in the family. I've been through all kinds of different experiences than you, the listener, than you, Lena. But we have all been through stuff that triggers the same emotional responses and that's where we can connect with other humans all the time because no matter what we've lived through we have something to share with somebody because we've gone through something that is at least similar and we can at least empathize even if we can't feel their exact feelings in that moment which we never could and i think that's also such a fundamental call because especially the purpose in the entrepreneurs those who haven't really stepped into their game and i use that word with a little bit of hesitation but you know people who haven't really stepped up and they see somebody who's maybe a couple leaps ahead or maybe Oprah who's yards ahead and again there's that fear coming through in all of that but when you realize they're just a human they're going through the same experiences that you are that you're so much more able to meet them there the same with celebrities it's we're all human we all have the same DNA floating through us and to be able to go back to that point and just connect with another human being not with title not with entitlement not with any of those things is so important oh you know what i i was just as you were talking i was just jotting down what was coming to my head which is you just envision wherever you are right now if you're just starting in your journey starting in maybe maybe starting to give yourself permission to go for your dream for what you really believe you're here for. Just think of a baby who learns first to lay, then to roll, then to sit, then to crawl, then to walk, then to run, then to leap, then to drive a car, then to fly a plane, and then to soar without a plane. And you know, I mean, that is kind of the the path that you're going to take. And one of your safety nets is going to be the reality that you don't go from roll to fly or from walk to leap. You have this, you have this path, this journey that you have to take. And as soon as you embrace the reality that it's not going to all happen for you today, it's not going to all happen the way you think it's going to happen, but that you're on your way toward where you're going, then that allows you to not only get there, but it also allows you to enjoy the journey, which is honestly, Lena, the most important part. That speaks into a lot of trust, doesn't it? It does. You have to be very patient and tenacious and full of faith. You've really got to just be okay with what it is that you're doing right now that's moving you forward, whether it's a little thing or a big thing. It's all going to come together and it's all going to be okay if you just keep stepping up and stepping into greatness and, and following this path, this purpose that's been designed specifically for you. And on that note, how did you discover yours? Because it sounds like you 
you had quite a moment. You were in your, your mid-30s, I believe, and, and something clicked for you, and that ignited you to creating all these platforms that you're doing now. So tell us a little bit of how, how you got there. Well, and my journey is going to be different from you guys's, and I want to just tell you that if you don't know what your vision or passion is, I encourage you to get the book called The Path, P-A-T-H, The Path by Lori Beth Jones. It's really the best book that I've seen on the topic of how to identify clearly what your mission and vision is. Why are you here? Why are you here right now? Why weren't you here in, you know, 1400? Why weren't you here in 2710? You know, why are you here now? Um, but for me, I was actually just raising my kids, homeschooling my children, um, doing all of the things that I was involved in at that point. And I was in my kitchen and all of a sudden three words came into my head and I didn't even know what they were. It wasn't until years later that I understood that they were my mission. And so what they, I just grabbed a three by five recipe card at the time because <laughs> I'm old and that was a long time ago. And I, I wrote down these three words and I just taped them inside my kitchen cupboard and I would open my cupboard door and I would look at them and think, Hmm, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> and it became obvious to me later and even at the time that they were important words and that I should focus on them and that I should try to understand how to live them out. And truly my mission is I exist to encourage women to provide them with practical help and clear focus. And along the way I get to encourage and help a lot of guys too. But honestly, I'm here for the girls and I'm here to encourage them, provide them with practical help and clear focus. And that's why I exist. Beautiful. So what exactly were those three words? Do you remember them? Encourage, mm -hmm. uh, equip or help, help. Uh, and, the, and it was practical help. I think the actual two words, practical help and clear mm -hmm. focus, clear wow. focus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you just land words like that, it's, very hard to connect the dots, but as you go through your process, it's magical how that unfolds. I, I love it when that happens. It is, and I like I like the other part of understanding um, how you go about doing this. So I've come to understand that unlike earth or fire, um, I am I am or wind, I am water, and I, really what I am, Lena, is I'm a little babbling brook. And if you <laughs> if you think of a little babbling brook, starts at the top of the hillside or the mountain, and it comes down the mountainside, and it's got that beautiful sound to it. Can you can you hear a babbling right now? Yeah, it's just this. You're hot, you're thirsty, you're climbing, and what do you do? You find a little brook, and you take some of that clear, cold water, and it satisfies, right? That's me. But when you think about that little babbling brook, it's also me because that babbling brook has to make its way past all of the rocks and boulders and everything that's in its way to make its way down to right where you need a drink. And so that's really a picture of my life. And when I understood that, when I came to really see, oh my goodness, all of these hardships, all of these things that I've had to experience that were difficult were so that. I could be here for the very person who needs me today. What a gift. And now all of a sudden, all those things turn away from being this horrible nightmare into being truly a gift. And, and it changes your whole perspective when you understand who you are and why you're here. Oh, absolutely. And, and on that note, I mean, you, you, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you work with quite a lot of leaders. So... I'm sure you're helping them kind of discover their purpose and, and those skill sets. 
So what's kind of been, how did you kind of get into that realm of leadership uh-huh. coaching? Well, what I what I do is I have over at Marnie.com, and that's just my name, M-A-R-N-I-E.com, over at Marnie.com, I have the online mentorship program that people can register for anytime. It's there, 24-7, 365. And what it is is it's my brain. <laughs> it's everything I do right there in one place for you. And so what happened was that way back in about 1992, people started asking me the question, how do you do that? And at that time, they were asking me the question, how do I entertain over 100 people a month in my home for less than 50 cents a person and do it and get everything else done that I was doing? And I just made it look easy because it was easy. And people kept saying, how are, how are you doing that? How, what are you doing? How are you doing that? So what I did, Lena, is I did what any smart person would do, is I went to the library to find the book explaining how I was doing what I was doing so that I could just like I did with Lori Beth Jones, I could say, go read the path. And I was looking for the book that would explain it. And so I actually interlibrary loaned over 200 how to do kitchen stuff books. <laughs> and I read all these books. And I was looking for somebody that was doing what I was doing in the kitchen. And along the way, I found some books that were really horribly written, at which point my brain told me you could do better than that. And then along the way, I did not find a book explaining how it was that I was doing what I was doing in the kitchen. I was doing something that was unique. I was doing something that people didn't know about. It wasn't out there. And so at that point, I got a new vision. Okay, let's write it down. Just write it down. My whole idea was to write it down. For these people who wanted to know what I was doing, I was just going to write it down. And honestly, Lena, that book was uh, published by St. Martin's Press in New York in 1996, and it's just, you know, 12 books later now. And what I do, you know, and a whole website full of resources. And what I do is I answer the question, how do you do that? Or how could I do that? And that's what I do all day long. And, and it's such a powerful question because, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people looking for those things. I mean, there's, sometimes you can get kind of lost in the how-tos. And, and oh, it's my not goodness. necessarily where you need to be focusing. Um, and it can be a distraction. But then again, there are such practical things, like what you're talking about, like where you really do actually need to know a one, two, three step a step guide. You know, Lena, it's so true that the how-tos can't, I mean, you can just get lost in how-tos and never really make any progress, but the reality also is that the how-tos can change your life exponentially. I um, I work with Juan Faber, who's the founder of Super SaaS, which uh, super and then S-A-A-S.com is out of, out of Switzerland, and he's, this, it's just a, it's a, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, like an online scheduling system, so we use it for, like the interview I'm doing with you today is on there, my, all of my Restaurant staff, uh, we communicate projects and schedules there. All of our store, we own a retail store as well as a restaurant. So all of the retail staff is on there. So we, we're sharing all this communication online through this super SaaS that um, Juan developed. And, and it's used by governments and all different kinds of things. But I interviewed Juan one time and I said, what is the single most important skill that a person can develop in order to succeed? And he said, you're going to laugh out loud. But honestly, I think learning how to type. <laughs> and I said, what? Learning how to type, how could that possibly be the most important skill? He said, do you realize that most people spend an extra hour or more of every single day typing slowly? If they would just learn how to type quickly, they would save 300 or more hours a year that they could then invest into something useful. 
And it's so true that that's really the power of a how-to. The how-to says you're going to do it anyway. You're doing it right now. But let me show you some shortcuts so that you can use your time more wisely and really get out of here faster. And that's really why I exist, Lena. I, I think that's really why I exist. <laughs> The other reason I see that you exist, because now, now you've thrown so many more things into the mix. I'm like, whoo, <laughs> really? <laughs> it's fun. So you're mentoring, you've got a radio host, you, you do a radio program, you've got an amazing woman speaker's platform, which we're going to get into, and now you're talking about restaurants. A lot of people look at that and go, wow, that's too much. That's just, you know, that's just overwhelming looking at it right there. How can you possibly be that busy? Like, how can you actually survive in that, which you're doing by the sound of it effortlessly. And you've got quite a nice twist on busy. Why don't you tell us about it? Uh, busy. I like to define busy as best unique strategies for you. Best unique strategies for you, B-U-S-Y. Because the reality is, is that there is time to do everything that you're supposed to do. Uh -huh. Now, there's there, there's not time to do everything. There's not time to do everything good. There's not time to do everything that you want to do. There's definitely not time to do everything that everybody else thinks you should do. Uh, but, 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 if there is God, then you definitely have time to do everything that you were created to do. Right? Uh -huh. So, the reality is that if you will just believe that you are here to do what you were created to do, then there will be time, and I'm going to add the word resources, to do everything that you were created to do. So one of the ways that I know that I'm not supposed to do something is if there's not enough time. If I look at something, here's a great opportunity, but I don't have the time or the resources to do it, then I have to say, okay, I have to rule that out for now. And maybe that's going to come back around after a little while at a different time or in a different way uh, where I do have time to do it or do have the resources to do it. But honestly, wh why do we live in the house we live? Why do we drive the vehicle we drive or not drive at all? Why are we where we are? It's because we are supposed to be where we are. <laughs> and if I had way more money, I probably wouldn't pick this house. You know, I'd probably pick a bigger house in a different neighborhood with different neighbors, with different people that I see and interact with every day. There's so much going on that is bigger than us, really way, way, way bigger than us. And as soon as we just get comfortable with that, that we are a small player in a big universe, that this makes us hugely powerful uh, for good. And I think that's such a powerful message for the women and even the guys. Tuning in <laughs> to hear right now because I, I I don't know how it is with you in the states, but um, Cape Town, South Africa, a couple places actually in the world, January is still pretty slow for us. And then towards the end of the month, it's like, oh my goodness, avalanche just happened, and we're back at work. Like there, there was no mm. easing into it. And right about now, the overwhelm's kind of kicking in, and people are trying to find their feet and and going into a lot of different things, and you get lost in that process. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I mean, I like to, I, was, I do a time management program over at Marnie.com, and um, that's actually free of you. If you just go over there and ask for it, you get it for free, and it's wonderful. But in it, I talk about in a lifetime, you're going to spend about two and a half hours driving a car, five years waiting, six years eating, uh, 23 years in bed, three and a half years in the bathroom, and eight months opening junk mail. And these are just 
the basically virtually unavoidable maintenance tasks for your survival. And then on top of that, you have to do everything else. So the bottom line is when we just stick our head in the sand and we think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm able to do all this or I'm not able to do all this, whichever way you tend to be. <laughs> I I'm tend to be, you know, the, I'm able to do everything. <laughs> but if I stick my head in the sand and I just go with, you know, super optimism or whatever, what happens is that I get overwhelmed immediately. Doesn't take long at all. And I'm actually, if I don't get enough rest, I'm actually sick in bed. I, I have to take care of my body. And so, um, so what, what I found though is that if I will just continually yield all of this, uh, you know, to God, then what happens is that my life is ordered and orchestrated and I have the resources, whether it be money or help or time or whatever it is, the resources do come for the things that I was created to do. And I want to just spend a minute talking, um, about, about delegation because mm, sure. I, if we're talking to entrepreneurs, this is a huge, huge one. Um, most of the leaders that I talk to, when I talk about delegation, they say, yeah, well, that's easy for you to say because you have, you have a lot of, you know, staff and you have a lot of money. And I'm like, no, 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 wait a second. Everybody, you are delegating right now. I'm asking you to simply delegate a little tiny bit more. And they're like, I don't delegate anything. And, and also, I do all. <laughs> just to point out a thing, to delegate smartly because we don't delegate smartly either. Yeah. So let's just talk about the ways that everybody delegates right now, no matter how little money you have, you are delegating. So, Lena, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, do you grow your own corn and wheat and um, peas and beans and uh, lettuce and all that? Do you grow all your own food? Not all my own food, but I have started a vegetable garden. Very good. And do you raise your own chickens and cows and beef? No. No. And do you sometimes actually delegate the responsibility of doing all that raising and processing and everything like that to a grocery store or some kind of an outlet where you go and oh, buy sure. something? Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> and would you maybe even think that a person who didn't delegate some of that responsibility to a grocery store might be just a little like, I mean, they could maybe save a little time if they did that. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Right. Now, how about, how about your clothes? Do you grow your own cotton and um, weave your own <laughs> I see. You know, honestly, we never step out. I've seen about. the machine. It looks really complicated. <laughs> I know somebody who has one in the house. I was like, I was playing with it, and I'm like, wow. I don't know what it does. <laughs> oh, it's a lot of work. And we, we gladly delegate the creation of our clothes to and our shoes and things like that to other people. We never even think of it as delegation. We just think of it as a necessary expense of life, right? Exactly. Okay, so entrepreneurness listening to me right now, leader listening to me right now, you have a couple other things in your life that are necessary expenses that currently you're paying with your time that you should not be paying for with your time, that you should be delegating. Now, never, never delegate the things that only you should be doing. And that's how I get so much done, Lena. I do the things that only I should be doing, but I say no to a lot of the other things. So, for example, I had a staffer call me last night at 7 o'clock and say, I feel really bad about this, but I forgot that I had a plan tomorrow night, and I'm wondering if you can work. My first question always is, have you checked with every other person on the staff? 
Is there anyone else who can do it? Her answer is, I did check with everyone. And I said, I apologize to you, but I am not able to take that shift. You're going to have to work it. Okay, now, that is a rare response from me, and it is a rare phone call. Most of my team, okay, this girl is 14. It's her first job. <laughs> most of my team, most of my team knows that if they say they can work a shift, they need to work the shift or find their own, own um, replacement. I don't do that for them. However, they also know that if it's an emergency and if I am in town and actually physically able to do it, I will actually go cover their shift and I will stand and serve tacos and make pizzas and do that. I will actually go and run the store if I need to myself. But that isn't typical for me, Lena. Sure. Usually I have trained people doing that work because I've delegated that so that I can do the things that I do. And I think also the value in that is you get to stay in your zone of genius where you naturally create at your best and you get to honor people in their zones of genius because not everyone is a creator. Some people are best at administration. Some people are best at the technical. Some people are best at that. So by delegating, you're actually also honoring another person. Oh, absolutely. And everybody has here has uh, seasons for reasons. I remember I had a... Um, an assistant for several years who then went to um, over and managed our store for us. And it was amazing to me, no matter what I would ask Lori to do, she would always say, oh, yeah, I can do that because I used to work at Blank and I learned how to do that over there. Mm-hmm. And no matter what I asked her to do, she already had the experience to do it. Why? Because she had actually earned the experience. She had lived it out. And many of the things that you're doing today aren't because you need to know them all the time. It's because at one point in your future, you may need to know it or be able to train it. So just walk through whatever you're learning today, whatever job you're in right now, whatever responsibilities you have right now. Do them to the best of your ability with all your heart for the glory of God and then have the results that you have and don't worry about that. No, I think that's a really powerful point. I'm so so glad that you, you brought that up because, yeah, everyone's getting overwhelmed. That busyness is just coming on board and we're not delegating. And I love well, the analogy t- that you did. Beautiful. Let's talk, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about that busyness a little bit too. Okay. Because this is huge. I, and this is one of my, huh, this is one of my favorite topics. I'm like, I'm like, I, such I, a I can feel, person. I can feel you bubbling up that little book side. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, <laughs> right. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I like to do is I like to do a to-do list that's very structured and organized. And if you go over to Marnie.com and just click on the free stuff, you can actually get my sample. And it's just an Excel form. You can use it yourself. You can share it with your team by using Google Docs. You can use it however you want. Tweak it. Make it different. I don't care. And that's what I always tell people when they got my first book, The Cookbook. I said, write in it. Very unlikely that you like all the recipes exactly the way that I like them. You have different taste buds. Tweak it up right in the cookbook. Make it yours. And that's what I always say. Always, no matter what I say, make it yours. But this, um, this, how, this to-do list is so powerful because what it does is it includes, um, I'm going to give you the five or the six categories or five, five categories that it includes. And then there's an auto automatic uh, one over on the side. But the first one is you write down the item, the actual project. So you write down what you're supposed to do. And I like to do this every day. Some people just use this for the bigger projects. Whatever you are comfortable with is fine. I'm, I'm very much of a minute manager. So uh, I like to write down exactly what I'm going to do today. And then I write down the ETA, the estimated time of attainment. 
So for our interview today, Lena, I scheduled about an hour, 60 minutes was my ETA. Okay, then I have a category called percent done. So um, right now, you know, we're maybe a little more than halfway through this. Okay, so I'm about halfway. But maybe I have a project today that was going to take six hours. Well, at that point, the percent done becomes very important. The due date, when is it actually due? Maybe it's only, you know, not due today. Maybe only half of it's due today. And then the priority level is where I actually write down what order I'm going to do it in. So kind of like eat the frog strategy. Ah, uh, absolutely. Or you know, I, I, and again, once again, there are some people that don't do well with the frog. There are some people that do well getting a little roll going. Rolling <laughs> and, and themselves up for the big one. <laughs> that's, that's right. So you know, whatever way you are, that's that's cool. And you get to do this. This is your list. This is the things that you think need to be done today. And what happens is when you get it done, you go okay on your ETA you realize that you have maybe three projects that are going to take less than 15 minutes each. Well, now, whenever you have a little window of opportunity, like, okay, I've got another interview starting a half hour after this one. Well, I have 30 minutes in there. Okay, I can either do a 30-minute project or I can do two 15s or I can take a break. But what happens is by having this clearly outlined for your mind, and you're really just doing a favor to the organizational part in your mind. You're actually just saying, I value you. I value time. I value the gift that I've been given of this day. And how can I best use it? And actually, on my list of things to do today, I include things like uh, spend time alone with God. If I need a nap, I will actually write the word rest right on there. Mm. Um, definite, definitely, I include my morning exercise. I include how long it's going to take me to get ready for the day. I include a total, usually for most days, if I am um, if I don't have company or I'm not doing something different, I usually just include a total of 60 minutes for food. And that includes, you know, just I do, um, we're mostly vegan and I do a lot of green drinks. Uh, so uh, that's yes. That's another way that I get a lot done is I don't spend a lot of time. I don't spend a lot of time on food. Um, food is food is nourishment, not not so much entertainment. So um, you know, whatever you have, then include it. And then at the bottom of this page, I have this wonderful thing that I love to do because I'm kind of competitive. And I know most entrepreneurs are a little competitive, even if like for me, I'm mostly competitive with myself. I don't really get terribly competitive with other people, but I'm super competitive with myself. I'm always wanting to beat the record and beat the time and all that. So at the bottom, I just have a chart that starts at 6.30 in the morning and goes until 6.30 at night. And I just say, how many hours from now till then? How many hours do I have left? And then on the on the, uh, the daily to-do list, I actually have a running total of how many total hours I have scheduled. And maybe out of, you know, maybe out of 13 available, I've only scheduled 11. Or maybe out of 13 total, I've scheduled 17. That often happens. <laughs> <laughs> then I have to go back and I have to say, okay, what part of some of these can I push off until tomorrow? Because I can't do 17 hours of work in 13 hours. And the other thing is when you're just starting on this, when you're just starting on this, know that your estimates are not going to be quite accurate. I've always been... I've always been really good at estimates, but Lena, when we bought our retail store, which is, it's a 12,000 square foot uh, department store with 12 departments, including espresso cafe, a bookstore, a party store, a fabric store, an office supply store, plus upstairs we have um, blacklight glow in the dark mini golf and a party room and stuff up there. So when we bought this, it was new. We 
we've never been really in retail as far as management, my husband and I. And so we were learning everything as we went. And when we bought this, I would underestimate times three for any project. If I thought it would take me six hours, it would take me 18 hours. (laughs) It was overwhelming. It was terrifying. But after a while, I became a better time manager. I became better equipped to guess how much time that was going to take. So I'm just going to give you permission, listener, to know that it might not be right at first. That's okay. You're just going to get better at this as you go. So just like learning to walk or whatever, just get better at it. And what's beautiful about this is that I can track as the day goes by. And when I do something faster than I have on my ETA, I have free time. Now I get to pick. Do I want to take some other project on or do I want to have that time for me? If it takes longer, I'm like, okay, I have to cut something somewhere else. And then I have to go back and do that. But that's really, that's really one of the big keys for me getting a lot done is that I'm very, very aware of the limited resource I have called time. Absolutely. There's only so much of you that can go around within so many hours without killing yourself as well. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Because if you want well, to work honestly, 24 hours, you could, but I mean, that's not going to be sustainable. Well, and honestly, if you think about like my my life in particular, if I got in the habit of just saying yes to all of my staff every time they had a whim of not wanting to work today, um, which most of them wouldn't have very many whims like that because they're awesome. But um, if I did, if I set that up, my reality would be I couldn't possibly do it. I mean, there's, there's, um, Let's see, right now, there's probably, what, seven people between the two businesses, there's seven people working. Well, let's say just two of them wanted my time. Well, I can only be one at a time. So, I mean, right away, you hit a level, and this is what I talk to my leaders about. You will only, you will only progress to the next level when you are the person capable of handling the next level. Okay? So I can't have myself assuming that she can work in seven positions at one time. (laughs) That's insanity. So in order for me to have a staff of seven people covering seven positions that have to be covered, plus whatever I'm doing, then I have to know that I can't be that person. I have to be in a position where I say, no, you have to do your job. You, I can't do your job. You have to do your job. And a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle with this. They feel like they're a mean person if they don't say yes. I said yes to that little girl last night, not because I couldn't do it, because actually I could have done it today. But the reason I told her no was because it is her first job. She's 14 years old, and her sister wanted to do something fun with her last night. And the reality is that I am training responsible adults, whether they're my children or my young staff, I'm training responsible adults. And a responsible adult will choose to go to work or to, you know, stay married or whatever it is. They will choose the responsible choice, even in the face of having to give up something that in the moment they would prefer to do. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is very much the spirit of entrepreneurship in terms of, you know, putting in, yeah, sticking with it, just putting in the work that will pay off later on. And it really just ties a beautiful bow around delegating time management and boundaries because that is a big container there. But just to quickly change gears because I mentioned it a little bit earlier and I know that it piques a lot of ears. I I can feel them going, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. The womanspeakers.com platform that you're the hostess of where you get to connect influential women to source. And I think you're working about 2,000 women in there. How does how do people get onto that platform? What does it take to, to become 
part of that space because there's so many people who want to be sharing their story, who want to be making the impact, and they're looking for platforms like that. Absolutely. Well, first of all, womenspeakers.com is a very, it's a very niche. Okay, so within the niche, there's about, right now, about 1,800 speakers and tens of thousands of women's event planners that come there. So, number one, it's only for women. And number two, it's for women who would say that they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, with God, through Jesus Christ. So, it's Christian Christ in us. That That is the boundary there. So, it's a Christian women's speakers directory. And so, for you who are, you know, resonate with that, then what you would do is you'd go over there and then what you need to have is you need to just have um, topics. You need to have reference letters from people who have heard you speak. And then you need to currently be involved with a local church. And I know that's hard for a lot of gals because if they're speaking a lot, they're gone a lot. But still, you need to have some kind of a home a home base. And I always say that, you know, no matter how much you travel, no matter how much you work, no matter what you're doing, your home base is your most important. Your home first, your home, your physical home and family make that your priority and then second your spiritual family make that your second priority and then build from there let's uh, let your life build from there so um just going over there uh, womenspeakers.com and, and applying for that is fine also at that site though um at marnie.com you can get it through it either way um there's speaker training and that's for everybody how to increase your platform how to um get more speaking engagements how to be a better speaker how to tell a great story how to use humor all of that training is right there in the marnie.com program brilliant so i'll definitely include links in that because i know that there's there's definitely some energy being sent in that direction absolutely and the other thing is um over there, there's also training for the flip side. Okay, so what happened is I developed this. I had to I had to step away from speaking for a while myself, and so I developed this um, women speakers directory. And then I started getting questions. How do you? Okay, so remember, Elena, that's what I do is I answer the how to question. Yeah. So, so then I started getting questions. We found a speaker we want to have come, but we don't have a group. How do you start a group? So then I uh, developed a women's ministry training. And then the women's ministry leaders were like, we never did a retreat. How do you do that? So then I wrote a book called, you know, Retreats Made Easy and have a whole event planner training uh, involved in that. And then the speakers were like, well, I want to write a book. So then I have the writer's training. And then it's like, well, I got a book now. How do I get on media? And, of course, I've been on, you know, hundreds, probably thousands now of media programs like yours. Uh, so I did a whole media training. <laughs> so that's how that's really. And then and then the core, of course, is your family training how to just live your life, how to, how to be happy, happy in your skin, happy with your spouse, happy with your kids, how to, how to enjoy what life is really about with all these other things spinning around us as, as just fun and uh, really purposeful things to do. Which brings us back to hope. And nourishing that for us. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Always, always take care of, take care of, you know, really even more important than home, Lena is you take care of you um well, you I, are I, a home for yourself you're you a are home, home for your soul you're a home for your heart and your purpose and your gift yes. on this planet you're home for god when jesus said uh, somebody asked him one time what is the most important commandment and i want you to listen to how i read it because most people don't see this in it but this is what it really says he said um you <laughs> you Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your strength and you love your 
neighbor as who? Yourself, right? Okay, so eight times in that one sentence, he said you, because he recognizes that if you aren't taking care of you, you're very useless to anybody else. You can only nurture what you have to give you not that everybody should become you not like that not like um just only your skill sets or whatever like that not at all but you cannot serve out of an empty platter (laughs) you have got to be full yourself and then you have so much to give and so even more than home before you get to home you work on your own soul. You work on getting yourself comfortable with you, with God, with your world. And then you reach out to your family. And, and what I call it is really the overflow. So I am so full. I am so full of God's love. I am so full of God's gifting in my own life that there's plenty to spill over to the people all around me. And I don't have to manage that. Or I don't have to not manage it. I don't have to conjure it up. I don't have to come up with grace or love or peace or any of this. It's just flowing through me. It's coming from God through me to other people. So it's a very peaceful life because I'm never short. Because if I ever am, I just look up and go, I'm out. I need some more. <laughs> God just fills me with more. So that's kind of the life that I dream of for every person is this this beautiful, joyful, full, full life that is that is really helping. Not only you have a great life, but around you really experience life to the fullest there's so much magic in being rather than just this mechanical doing and trying to supplement that the whole time with pulls and things whatever that may be but in being that's where the magic is that's where the essence is that's where the soul is and if you don't be you who will there's nobody else that can be you (laughs) you're the only you there will ever be we need you (laughs) exactly we do we do we do well, Marnie, it's been fantastic chatting to you. Is there anything else you want to say or any links that you want to share before we wrap up? Well, I think there was just a final thought. Um, we talked about the Golden Gate Bridge earlier in the program. If you missed that, hopefully the people can listen back again. But, um, you know, we think of this life, you know, once we have the safety net underneath us, then it's perfect, you know. <laughs> and the reality is it's true that once we have safety and confidence, then we can go ahead and, really live fully. But the reality is, is that we're going to fall. And sometimes those falls surprise us, but they shouldn't. My daughter, um, last year, who's, um, she's, she's 26 now and she was at a circus and she was actually selected from the audience to go and do the trapeze act. Ooh. And so I know and she's just this athletic little girl, you know, she's running, you know, triathlons and all these Anyway, so she climbs up the ladder and she's so nervous, so excited. And they hand her the, you know, the bar and she wings out over the top of that net, you know, and just so fun, makes it to the other side. Everybody paws, you know, great, great, great. And then, um, and then she, uh, she, she goes back again and just makes it great. And, he, and the guy says, okay, now, now I'm going to go across and I'm going to come back and you're going to come out and you're going to let go and you're going to grab my hands. And we're going to meet in the middle. <laughs> no practice, just live right now in the air. And so she's like, okay, I can do this. So she she gets ready. She wings out and she lets go right on time. And she touches his hands, but she misses and she falls. And she's like, mom, my hands got all cut up. And I said, really? And she said, my, my hands got all cut up. My hands are all cut up. They were bleeding. She goes, it was, you know, it was kind of embarrassing to fall, but then I got hurt. 
<laughs> and you know what, you guys, I think that that's where we quit. But really, she didn't get hurt. She just got a couple of scrapes. It was okay. And you know what they had her do? They had her right in that moment crawl right back up with those bloody knuckles and go and do it. And she did it. And that's what my last word is for you. If and when you fall, it's okay. Get back up. Keep going. Don't give up. You are the only you that the world has. So live fully. Live fully you. And I can't wait <laughs> to hear about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll be connecting all the comments and uh, you'll be able to follow all of those and awesome. see everyone soar to their fullest potential. That's great. So, you know what? Absolutely. So if you don't know where to go to, to, to share those comments, it's on the Facebook group at the Aspiring Supernova Tribe. And we look forward to connecting with you there. Marnie, it's been so great. Yay. Thank you so much oh. for coming on board. This was fun. You are a wonderful interviewer, and this hour just flew by. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.